episode of the Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Finance Friday episode where we talk about all things money mindset. We've got Garrett Gunderson on the show today, another brand new speaker. And Garrett is like the personal finance strategist for entrepreneurs. This guy is the dude. I've heard a lot of great things about him. And what he's going to do today is share some of his strategies for achieving financial independence. And the one I love the most, of course, is where he's talking about doing your purpose and hiring that other stuff out. So the quote of the day is this, find out what you can do that no one else can do and do more of that. Here's Garrett. How do you achieve economic and financial independence? What is the formula? What is the methodology to get there? The very first part of it we've already started to touch on. I call it keep more of what you make. Keep more of what you make. So if you can become more efficient because you're saving on tax, you're saving on interest, you're saving on insurance, you're saving on investment fees, that means every dollar you earn more ends up in your bottom line and in your pocket. Most people are only focusing on top line, working harder, having a bigger revenue. But what about just keeping more of every dollar you make? I find most people are leaking at least 10% out of that leaky bucket that Pastor Rob talked about, right? It's like, gotta plug the leaks. The second thing is to strategically engineer wealth. And what that means is you got to have a map. you got to have a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, then a product is going to rule the day, and that product might not be the right thing for you. So where are you set financially? Where are you not set financially? And where do you have financial blind spots? Coming to an event like this, getting a curriculum in your hands to help you with that. Absolutely critical. Because it's, you know, you can't guard against things that you don't know. And that happens in finance. Most of the time, people get devastated or decimated because of a financial surprise that could have been addressed if they just had a plan, if they just had a map. That's what strategically engineering wealth is about. We'll come back to it. The third thing, I've harped on this for the last you know, day and a half or however long we've been together, accelerate investment income. Become a cash flow investor instead of accumulating over your life. Instead of just setting aside, hoping that it's going to get there one day, turn everything into cash flow. Think more like the bank, like the financial institution that I was talking about. That's key. The fourth one is scaling revenue. Scaling revenue goes back to that expand your means. If you're working inside of an organization, find out a way that you can contribute to the bottom line and get paid for adding money to the bottom line. Take that initiative as an entrepreneur. Don't think of yourself as an employee at the whim of whoever you work for. Think of yourself as an entrepreneur saying, I'm inside of an organization, but what can I bring to this organization that they can't have without me? It makes you irreplaceable, and it shows initiative where now you can make more money. There's so much opportunity in that conversation. As a business owner, as a business owner, this is where sole purpose comes in so big. Because when you really figure out your sole purpose, anytime you're not engaged in your sole purpose, it means you're doing things, maybe sometimes just in the name of saving money. You're doing it because you're going to save money, but you're not going to save money because you're going to diminish your ability to bring to the world what you were really born to bring. And if you're spending all this time saving, you're not producing necessarily. So what I mean by scaling business revenue is find out what you can do that no one else can do and do more of that. I know that is so simple sounding, but when I find it, I analyze someone, like someone that's doing good, they're spending 20% of their time in their sole purpose, 80% of their time dealing with stuff that's a headache, that drains their energy, that they don't wanna be involved in, all because they're trying to do everything themselves. But prosperity is not a do-it-yourself game, it requires a team. And there's things that you absolutely hate doing that there's other people in the world that are sick enough to love to do those things. Yeah. Brigham City, Utah. 
There's a guy that's in charge of the sewage treatment plant there. Now, when I wrote Killing Sacred Cows, the New York Post said, well, if everybody followed Gunderson's advice, no one would be a garbage man. Uh-uh, this guy, this guy loved his crappy job, his literal <laughs> crappy job. He talked about it. It was like insanity that he actually loved it. But it's like, great, he's a different breed. Let him, let him love that, right? Because I don't love that. I don't love organizing my garage, but the woman that organizes my garage, she spends extra hours than what I paid her for because she's actually enjoying it. And I'm like, did we need to alphabetize certain items in the garage that I've never used? Like the toolbox doesn't get used very often by me. I know that's a shock to some of you. Um, and even if I was really good at using those, I'm not gonna let people know that because then they'll expect me to use those. And there's other people that are willing to do that work because I wanna scale business revenue. Because if I spend that time focused on honing in my gifts and skills, writing books, speaking, creating content and courses, that's what I love doing. That's what I'm charged up by. I never go tinker in the garage. Some people like tinker. I don't tinker there and go, well, that was a, a great hour just spent in my life. I'm like, why? this was painful. I'm not good at this. Why don't I hire it out, right? So find out your sole purpose. It is your most insider advantage. See, in the book Money, written by Tony Robbins, he interviews like 15 billionaires. And the problem with him interviewing these billionaires is they all have major bias. This is kind of a theme of what we're talking about here. He interviews Charles Schwab, and guess what Charles Schwab tells everyone to do? Put your money in discount brokerage accounts. That's not how Charles Schwab made his money. He invented discount brokerage accounts. <laughs> so you're not gonna become a billionaire by listening to that. Or then they interview Vogel, and what does he say? Index funds, because he invented index funds. And the list goes on until we hit Mark Farber. And Mark Farber says, if there's only one piece of advice I could leave and translate to the next generation of my heirs, it would be find out what you can do that only you could do, that you do very best. It is the most insider advantage any of us has and build something around that. And you know what? That's why most financial books will fail you. They won't talk about that. They'll talk about scrimping and saving and sacrificing and delaying and deferring and constraint and scarcity and have you feel like that to the point where you despise finances because it doesn't resonate at your core because it doesn't have to do with giving and serving. It has to do with scrapping and saving. And you're not going to save yourself rich. Now, it's important not to live outside of your means. That's good counsel but we want you to expand your means. This is the game changer. This is how people achieve financial independence right here. Now, the fifth one, I've talked about this throughout this too. It's make it count. When you're up to something, when you're saying, what is my sole purpose? And you're investing in that. When you're saying, what is my legacy gonna be? And why does that matter? And you get jazzed up and fired up about that. When you're engaged in the right conversations, because here's the thing, poor people are engaged in poor conversation. The conversation of the poor is complaint, pointing fingers, talking about the trouble in the economy and the problems in the world. But wealthy people realize all wealth is built through committed conversation. And I say committed because the wealthy are talking about ideas. They're talking about solutions. They're talking about relationships. Now, if they complain, it's a committed complaint. It's fleeting. It's, it's a venting. It's not the way that they live their every moment. So make it count says, how can you make a scorecard in your life that matters? I have a scorecard every day. It says, okay, 
I write in my five-minute journal. My five-minute journal is, what am I most grateful for? Three things. What are three things that would make it a great day? What's a declaration of who I am? Then, at the end of the day, what are three things that were great about the day, and what's one area where I could make an incremental improvement? By doing that, that's part of my scorecard. That's not exactly dollars, but it leads to dollars, so I check that off, just like it's a bank account, right? I make sure to write a handwritten thank you note, because you know how many thank you notes people get handwritten per year? on average in the US? Three. Three. How many emails did you get while I said that? Three. So, you wanna make a difference? It's shown and been scientifically proven. When you write, when you handwrite something of gratitude, your level of happiness increases. And guess what happens to the person who gets it? They feel appreciated. You know what appreciation is? An increase in value. They have a better recognition of who they are because of what you've brought. This is all about making it count. Like when you think about the world in a legacy, like you could change your family's financial future with the choices you make, you engage in the world at a different level than the minutia that does happen along the way. Your vision always has to be bigger than the problem at hand, because as soon as the problem's bigger than the vision, that's when people crumble, and that's when they go bankrupt, and that's when they give up. If you are the type of person that looks back and thinks your past was brighter than your future is, that's a depressing moment. But let's go back to the quote that Pastor Rob put up here, right? Which you can right now choose to be the person that you always wanted to be, right? That's heavily paraphrased, by the way, as you know. (laughs) So what are you going to create? All right, that was Garrett Gunderson wrapping up the week on a Finance Friday. His website is wealthfactory.com. If you want to watch today's entire talk, you can look it up on the YouTube. It is called FHC Financial Conference Session 6, Garrett Gunderson. That's it for me. Have an amazing weekend. I will see you next week. I'm out. Peace. Peace.